0: to forgive you. One thing I've learned about God, that God is a merciful God. And if you ask God to forgive you, I have found out that he is a forgiving God. This is personal to me because I did a lot of stuff. And you know what? I, was thinking, I thought this in my mind. You know what? I wouldn't even forgive myself for some of the stuff I've done. But God is merciful. He will forgive you, and he knows everything.
1: You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich Word of God.
0: A sign can be defined as a signal, a distinguishing mark, or an evidence. When we're traveling to certain destinations, we use signs to let us know we're going in the right direction. Because even when you have a GPS sometimes, it can sometimes give you mixed signals from what it says and what the sign says. A sign can also be used from a biblical perspective to warn people, to execute judgment, as well as a mark of deliverance of people. In fact, Jesus gave us one particular scripture when it comes to signs in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and verse 18. I'm going to read that one to you real briefly. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and verse 18. I want you to notice what Jesus said about the signs. Mark 16, verse 17 and verse 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, They will take up serpents, and they drink any deadly things. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Notice that God said that there are signs that follow those who believe. So signs are something that God uses to help people in this Christian walk. Now last week, we, we learned about a guaranteed victory. And victory, can, of course, can be defined as an act of defeating an opponent. And if, if we think about that from this standpoint, uh, if you live long enough, you're going to have an opponent. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have an opponent. And, but we also know in Psalms 34 and 19 that God has made a promise to deliver the righteous people. So no matter the opponent, God has made a promise to deliver righteous people. And Righteousness is defined as those who are just, those who have been justified and vindicated by God. Justified meaning they're in right standing with God, having received the gift of salvation and striving to live a life pleasing to God. One of the things about justified people is we strive to do what is right according to God, not because of our works, but because of Jesus' works. Vindicated meaning this, forgiven and clear from wrongdoing by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And thank God that he shed his blood back on the cross called Calvary. And because he did, we're we're here today. We're here today. We're here today. We're thinking. We're talking. And we are here today because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If Jesus would not to shed his blood, we would not be here today. I don't think that none of us would be here today because we didn't. We, we did, with nothing we could have done to be in right standing with God, we had to receive what Jesus done back at the cross called Calvary. And I appreciate what he done because if he hadn't have done it, I still have these sins on me. You know, back in the Old Testament, they would go in once a year to the holies of holies. But my problem is if I went once a year, what happens after day two after I went in? I got to wait 363 more days before I get my sins forgiven. And that's a long time because with me, I might accumulate some more sins. But thank God I got the blood of Jesus. I can go to him daily, sometimes minute by minute, second by second. I need Jesus' blood every day, every second of the day. I need his blood. And tell your neighbor, I need his blood too. So Psalms 3419 says this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, righteous people have afflictions. They have unpleasant things happen to them, things that cause distress and adversity happen to them. But we have a promise from God. He says, I am going to deliver you. I am going to rescue you, and I am going to save you out of them all. One of the indications is this, you can't get out on your own. You can't get out on your own. There's something you're going to get yourself in. You're going to need God's help in order to get you out. And if you live long enough, you're going to find out what that is sooner or later. And because you're going to try to get out on your own, and you're going to find yourself still in the same situation that you were in before. We also learned the children of Israel got into a situation because of their personal choice to disobey God on a continual basis. And how many times have we gotten ourselves in situations because of our choice to ignore, overstep, or refuse to obey God and refuse to repent? Lord, shoot, ask God to forgive you. One thing I've learned about God, that God is a merciful God. And if you ask God to forgive you, I have found out that he is a forgiving God. This is personal to me because I did a lot of stuff, and you know what? I was thinking, I thought this in my mind. You know what? I wouldn't even forgive myself for some of the stuff I've done. But God is merciful. He will forgive you, and he knows everything you've done. And I appreciate that about God. And I didn't get too many man's right there. I guess you might not not need the blood of Jesus like I do. But I needed the blood of Jesus. I need it right now as I talk to you and speak to you right now. I need his blood because his blood says I will forgive you. And I've messed up time and time again. Don't even deserve this microphone. Don't even deserve to be in the house of God. But because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, he allows me to come into the house of God, receive his word, and put his word into action. I love the fact that he loads us daily with benefits. I don't deserve the benefits, but he's still loaded with me. And I appreciate that because it because of his blood. He protects me from things I see as well as what I don't see because of his blood. He prospers me, not because of me, but because of him, and I thank God for his prosperity. Now, the Bible referred to the actions of disobedience from the children of Israel as being evil in the sight of God. If you remember in Judges chapter 6 and verse 1, if you'll turn there, I'm going to read it to you. Judges chapter 6, verse 1, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. So the children of Israel, they did evil, that which is displeasing, that which is wicked and hurtful in the sight of God. Now, again, I want you to understand that it was evil in the sight of God. So God says it's evil, it's evil. But if God doesn't say it's evil, then it's not evil. The standard of evilness or what is evil, we give that is God's priority. That is his, what he determines what is evil. Therefore, he determines what is good as well. So they acted and produced evil. In other words, they practiced doing unpleasant and hurtful things toward God. In fact, one of the things they did was is they uh, worshipped the idol called Baal. That was one of the main things that they did. that got them in trouble with God. And so they stayed. God granted the Midianites seven years. Seven years of torment. Seven years of torment. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I can't even imagine going through something like that. I I get a headache for a little bit, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't want this headache no more. I can't imagine nobody giving me seven years of torment. 24 hours a day, seven days a week just tormenting me. Imagine being turned over to an angry, hostile, and divisive people for seven years because they refuse to change the way they think talk and they act. Seventy long years of being in, hostility, in a hostile and abusive environment. Proverbs speaks of strife and how it is stirred in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 18. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 18. It says this, A wrathful, wrathful, wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allies contention again a raffle angry or poisonous person stirs up strife contention but the he who is slow to anger allies contention he he's at peace or with disputes and controversy no doubt many nights were angry aggressive people who was stirred who stirred up controversy and confusion we read how they impoverished the children of Israel for seven years. And it's interesting how pride and arrogant the children of Israel were to, to obey the voice of God, but, and, but they were brought to what I would consider a low place. Being tormented seven years, it would seem like they would take them a, a lot quicker to get to that low place, but it's seven years for they will repent. And I can't get mad with the children of Israel because I know people today who have taken seven years before they have repented. They have taken years. They've heard the gospel over and over again, but they decide, I, I don't want to get saved right now. I, I ain't got time right now. I got some stuff I need to do. I'm not ready yet. And they've heard the gospel for over year after year after year after year, and they have not given their life to Jesus Yet, but our God is a merciful God, a God of grace and a God of forgiveness. And God will forgive you if you call out to him. Notice in Judges chapter 6, verse 6. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So the children of Israel, they were not just impoverished, but greatly impoverished. They were exceedingly impoverished or in distress, and they were weak, and they were brought to a low place because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel finally repented, and they cried out to the Lord. They called for help. God, we need you. And you know how God is. God is a God of mercy and a God of grace. How do you know, Pastor Dahl? Because he's been merciful and he's been grace, had grace on my life. He has forgiven me of stuff that I didn't think I deserved to be given up. I I appreciate the blessing of the Lord to make it one rich and add no sorrow. I appreciate all that God does for me, but I realize it's by his grace and his mercy it's nothing that I deserve, but I, I, but I thank you, God, for helping me, helping us, y'all, because he is a present help in the time of need, a God that will send help and relief when we cry out to him. And he's still sending help today when we cry out to him. The problem some people have, they cry out to everybody else except God. They cry out to relatives. They cry out to a job. They cry out to their loved ones. But do they ever cry out to God? Do they ever ask God to give them help in this particular time of need? Do they call? I mean, sometimes people will call me and ask me for help. And I have to ask them, have you talked to God about this situation? Because if God don't help you, there's nothing I can do. Because God has to be the source of our help. Oh, thank God. He's a good help, ain't he? Oh, tell your neighbor, God is a good help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause tell him he's helped me. 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 And, and I appreciate the fact that he sends help. One of the ways he sends help is through the word of God. He sent a prophet. Judges chapter 6 and verse 8 reads as follows. The, that the Lord sent, the Lord sent. Knows the Lord, he sent help. He sent help, he sent. The Lord sent what? A prophet to the children of Israel. They cried out for help. Then the Lord sent a prophet who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. So notice this, the Lord sent or he sent a prophet. He directed a prophet or a man or woman of God, a servant of God to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I bought you up from the club. I bought you out from drinking. I bought you out from lying. I bought you out from bad relationships. I bought you out of poverty. I bought you out of bondage. I bought you out, and I appreciate the fact that God brought me out. Because when God bring you out, he can keep you out. Mm -mm. He can keep you out. How many can testify to the fact that God can keep you out? And you know what's really interesting? You ain't got to tell your business. Sometimes he'll keep you out even though you don't want to come out. Even though you don't want to stay out, you want to go back in there. Where, where that door at? Where that door at? And the door already gone, praise God. You remember the children of Israel when they were trying to go back to Egypt? Boy, that water convinced them they weren't going back no more, did not Yeah, well, yeah, let's well, yeah, well, see, I gonna go on this side now. And so now you understand what happened in your life. There's sometimes God shuts doors that no man can open. And I appreciate the fact that he does that for us. I'm so glad because he's our healer, uh, he's our deliverer, he's our protection, he's our prosperity. Time and time again, despite the times of hardship, even kept the children of Israel during the seven years of being greatly oppressed. You know what's powerful? They were being greatly oppressed. You read about every time they had uh, uh, cattle and oxen that the Midianites would come and get the cattle and the oxen. You read about that when they, uh, they had to hide in order to make food. You read about that they were making homes up in caves inside the mountains. But you know what? They were still kept all, after all these seven years. I was wondering what they were eating all these seven years. I was wondering how in the world they were making these seven years. Can you imagine going through 24 hours a day and seven days a week, but God is still keeping you? See, y'all missed that. That, That's a good place to get happy about because that means God was keeping them even though they were going through some of their roughest trials that they were going through. I was wondering, how in the world did they get kept when their food was being messed with, the place they were living at being messed with. They were probably going through in their minds as well. And then they were still being kept for seven years. I said, God, if you'll do that for the children of Israel, I know you'll do that for children of God. I know you'll do it for your child, your son, your daughter of God. God will keep us even in the midst of what we go through in life. Boy, God is a keeper, ain't he? And I appreciate and some of us know what it's like to be kept even though you haven't prayed in a while. You, you know what it's like to be kept even though you haven't gave in a while. You know what it's like to be kept even though you haven't spent time with God in a while. God was keeping the children of Israel. But you know what? Tell your neighbor, he, he ain't the only one he kept. He ain't the only one he kept. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows how, but notice this, God gave them a word of encouragement as well. He gave him a word of encouragement. If anybody knows how to encourage us, God knows how to encourage us. We also see in Judges chapter 6 and verse 12 how God encouraged Gideon. And the angel of the Lord, Judges 6 verse 12, appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty. Man of valor. Mighty. You're strong. You're brave. Not only that, you got strength, you got force, you got wealth, and you got ability. And I can imagine gillian thinking in his mind, well you see all this in. I'm being impoverished. I'm sitting here, I'm building my, I'm trying to hide to make food. And here you tell me I got all these things going on in my life. Understand this, Gideon's name means warrior. It means warrior, even though he hadn't fought a battle yet. He was the youngest son of Joash the Abersite. He was a judge in Israel who led the children of Israel against the Midianite. Now, he proclaims over his life, you're strong, you're brave, even though Gideon hadn't shown any signs of being strong or brave. You know how God is. He called those things as not as though they were He'll tell you you got a million dollars. You you have a dream of about $10 million in your account. And you wake up and check your account. Ain't number. God will show you things. You know, how in the world God gonna do this? Let me ask you a question. Why not you? Why not you? If God, if the wealth of a sinner laid up for the just, hey, why not you? Why can't God give you your heart's desire? Why not you? The Lord, listen, the Lord is spoken over Gideon's life. You are mighty man of value. Oh, notice God was speaking things into his life. He's proclaiming things over his life, even though he hasn't did anything he has proclaimed as of yet. For example, the word says I'm an overcomer. The word is making me an overcomer into whatever situation I'm facing, no matter how small or how large the obstacle the angel also spoke over Gideon that he is a man of valor, full of wealth, ability, force, might, and so forth. And he was speaking this in order for Gideon to fulfill the will of God for his life. What do you mean by that, Pastor Stubbs? God would not speak that over Gideon's life if he did not think that it would be a, what he needed to fulfill the will of God for his life. In other words, he was going to need this for when he got ready to go in to battle. Not only going to battle, but he was getting ready to deal with some other situation that came up in his life. This is what you need to know. We read the end of the story, but Gideon's living it in the present. Give it is in the moment where he's saying, You know what? You call me a mighty man of valor. Why I got to be a mighty man of valor? You say, I've been delivered to me tonight. How in the world am I going to deliver it? I don't see no army. I don't see no horses. I don't see no spears. I don't see army stuff, fighting stuff. You know, I don't see no guns. I don't see no bullets. I don't see no tanks. I don't see no missile. I don't see no satellite. I don't see nothing up here. And you tell me we're getting ready to take over? This You got to stand where Gideon was at in the situation. He hadn't seen. We read, hey, Gideon finna go and fight, you know, with the 300, you know, 32,000, go down 300, so forth. We read it. But Gideon had to live it. And sometimes when you're living in your situation, people say, hey, look, you're anointed. You are somebody special. You are somebody finna. Listen, you finna take over the company. You finna do this, that, and the other. And you look at them like, me? Because you can't quite see what God sees in your life. That's why you need to constantly hear the word of God. That's why you need to constantly hear what thus saith the Lord. Somebody tell you, you're going to be the next engineer, the next president, the next vice president. You're going to own your own. And you looking at it, I can't even hardly balance a checkbook. But now you're telling me I'm going to have all of this. That's what God calls those things as not as though they were. And my philosophy is this, why not you? Why not you? God can use anybody. Why not you? Well, Pastor, Al-P, he was talking about somebody else, he could be talking about you. Gideon had to come to grips. Hey, God, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. I don't see what he's talking about, but he's talking about me. He said, he had, this is a wrestling match going on in his mind. That's why you need the mind of Christ. Because the mind of Christ will help you when you're going through these wrestling matches, trying to figure out what God is speaking all these great things to you, and you're looking, how am I going to get this done? How am I going how, how to accomplish this? You tell me I'm going to witness to, I'm going to win 200 souls to Christ before the end of the year, and you're you shy about talking to people. You say, how am I going to do this? How am I going to God is speaking to us and telling us that he's going to do great things in our life. Notice what he said in Judges 6 and 16. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. One man. One man. You're going to defeat the Midianites. And I'm thinking, this is what Gideon sees, y'all. He hears the word of the Lord, but he looks around him there's no army. There's no uh, whatever you're going to go to fight with. There's no spears. There's no, no, no armor. There's nothing. And then you got people around you being oppressed for seven years. To be honest with you, it, like a, it may look like in your mind, what, what God talking about? We finna go do what? I'm going to feed him as one man? And I have nothing in my life that looks like an army, looks like they could defeat the Midianites. I, I, in fact, you remember when the story, when it came up, uh, we get ready to go fight. He had 32,000. He said, everybody fearful and afraid, 22,000 left. So you know that vibe, that vibe or that, we're going around all the, around the camp. People around here are probably scared. I you know, Pastor, because when 22,000 left, these were supposed to be the quote-unquote warriors. I don't know who the warriors were, but you know what? The one thing about 22,000 left. So you know they had that vibe going on. Fearful. They were fearful. Fearful people talk fearful. They don't talk like we're getting ready to take over, defeat the Mennonites coming out of this situation. They don't talk like that. So Gideon has all of this around. He got all this stuff around him. He sees his natural circumstances, but God sees his spiritual circumstances. Are y'all seeing this? And so now, now, you got to understand, he probably had some reservations going on. He had some reservations he had to work through. He had some hesitations. He had to pause and delay and think about what he was going to do. He could have been frustrated in the, at that point that he's thinking about his confidence was not at the place where it should should be. He's saying, I'm going to defeat the Midianites as one man, but yet, I don't see it, God. I don't see it. I don't see it. And I can imagine he said, yet God, you know God is a merciful God. 2 Timothy 2 and 13 says this, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. If we are faithless, we're disbelieving. We got doubts. We got frustrations. He remains faithful. 2 Timothy 2 and 13 says this. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He can't deny himself. Even when you're faithless, God is still faithful. Even when God said, hey, I'm gonna pay off, you're gonna pay off all that debt you got this year. He remains faithful. He says, this is gonna be your year. He remains faithful. And you're looking around at your natural circumstances, and you can't see it with your natural circumstances. You see what you see. You're checking the book, your checking account is not lying to you. Your IRA is not lying to you. Your 401K or 403B is not lying to you. Your bank statement that you pulled up online is not lying to you. It's not lying. That doctor, what they said, that is facts. But truth changes facts. Y'all remember what Pastor Jackson told us that? Truth changes facts. The truth is in God's word. What God says is what we need to go by. And so he says in Judges 6 and 17, can you imagine why he would make this statement now? Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign. That is you who talk with me. Show me a sign. Because you know what? In my my, my natural thinking, he didn't have any signs around him that what God spoke to him was about to come to pass. He didn't have any signs. So he needed a supernatural sign to let him know that God had spoken to him and had chosen him. And you know what? I ain't mad with Gideon. Because sometimes when you're walking by faith and not by sight, you need to know a sign. You're going in the right direction. You need a sign. You need, You need. You need. hey, Pastor, I need to say something about this right here because I need to know I'm going in the right direction. I need to know my Bible study. Listen, I know uh, so-and-so teaching. I need to know I'm going in the right direction. I need my bishop to get, listen, I know Pastor sent me this message from Bishop. I need to listen to this and see if, it, if there is a sign in here that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I need a sign. Am I raising these children right? I need a sign. Am I doing this job right? I need a sign. Am I doing this right? I need a sign. Is this marriage going to work out? I need a sign. Is this. I need a what? Sign. I need a sign. I need a sign. You see, the one thing I've learned is that when you spend time with God, God will give you a sign to build up your confidence, to build up your courage to build your connection and give you a communication line with God that is strong. See, he says, Gideon says this, show me, produce a sign for me, prepare a sign for me, give me a signal, a mark, a miracle, give me something that I know I'm doing what is right. I need a sign. I remember we get ready to build this building. I, I used to ask the Lord for signs all the time, all the time. Listen, this will, this will, don't don't make the mistake I made, y'all. Don't make the mistake I made. I'm telling you one thing: God will give me a sign, and 20 minutes later, I ask for another sign. I need another sign, God. I, I know you get yeah, God. I see that sign, but I need ooh something else happened. I need another sign, God. You know God loved me enough; He'd give me two or three signs a day. Pastor, I don't need to be signed today. You didn't need it, but I needed it. I needed it. So sometimes we're going through something that is is, I'm going to say, big to you, you're going to need a sign. If it's big to you. It may not be big to the person next to you, but you know what Jesus said, what the Word said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I got, I need a God to be greater than me. And, and, and sometimes you can go through stuff and, and get weak in you. You're like, Lord, you're supposed to be great, but I in my mind, you don't seem so great right now. I need a sign. I need a sign. I need to know I'm doing the right thing. I need for somebody to come to me and just, you know, hey, just tap me on the shoulder. I need to see somebody in green. I mean, you know, I had all kinds of crazy stuff I was going through. But the sign we need is going to be based on the Word of God. Word of God. Now, I need to build my communication with one of the things I've learned about when you're, going, when you're looking for a sign, you're asking God to give you a sign, it's going to give you a communication line with God. You know, let me say this before I go into this particular part of the message. One lesson, I guess I knew it, but I, it kind of was revealed to me and dropped in my spirit. I want to, you to get it just like I learned it. Your relationship with Jesus... It's gonna go through all types of changes. I mean, some days he gonna feel like you have to go through the scripture. He'll never leave you nor know forsake you because you're not gonna feel him. There'll be some days you're gonna feel him. There'll be some days you're gonna read the word. It's gonna open up to you. Some days you're gonna read the word. You're gonna be like, what in the world this thing talking about? There gonna be some days you gonna go through you're gonna pray and you're gonna feel like your prayer didn't get nowhere. And there's some days you're gonna pray, you feel like the roof fell off and came back and jumped back on everything. You, there's some days you're going to lay hands on folks and your whole family members. They're going to get healed just like that. And there's some days you're going to lay hands on them, give them four aspirants, lay hands again, give them two more aspirants. You're going to go through some stuff. But I, what I, let me tell you what I've learned through this process. If you stay with God through the ups, the downs, the sideways, the good, the bad, the indifference, your confidence will be built the more you stay with him. Stay with him when it's good. Stay with him when it's not so good. Stay with him when you love him. Stay with him when you got you just made the decision to love him. S- stay with Jesus no matter what goes on in your life. In your li- and let me say this to you, your confidence will be built up. It'll be built up. How many you know, Pastor? Because I've been with him for a number of years now. I've been with him for over whew, a long time. <laughs> And I've learned, just stay with him. Because some people, they get frustrated because after so long, they say, well, God ain't did it yet, then I'm not going to do it. He he must not going to do it or whatever. No, you just stay with him. Because all things are working together for your good. Because you love God and he called according to his purpose. You got to stay with him. Stay with him. I know that that seems simple, but yet many people, or some, some people, just don't get that point. I got to stay with God no matter what goes on in my life. So in order for me to have a constant communication with God, Judges 6 and 18 says this, do not depart. Do not depart from here, I pray. Until I come to you and bring bring out my offering and it said it before you. And he says, I will wait until you come back. I like the fact that Gideon said, remember he asked for a sign. But before he gave him the sign, He says to the the Lord, hey, don't go nowhere. I want to give you something. I want to give you an offering. I love this about Gideon because sometimes people want the sign before they give the offering. Mm -hmm. Y'all know I ain't giving nothing until I see a sign. I'm not giving God my tithes until I see a sign. In other words, I've got to have a raise. I'm going well, to start giving my tithes when I start making $1,000 a week. And as soon as you make $1,000 a week, you ain't be giving it when you make $50 a week, $500 a week, $750 a week. It's going to be hard for you to give $1,000 a week because the enemy is going to tell you, how, you spend your, how to spend your money. Tithing, God tells you how to spend your money. Okay, all right. He says, do not depart from here, I pray, till I come to you and bring you and I an offering. And, I will, and notice what the Lord said. I will wait on you till you come back. Now, somebody said, well, God ain't going to wait. Notice what he said. I'm waiting on you, Gideon. I'm waiting on you to bring the offering to me. Isn't it amazing? God could be sitting right here talking about, I'm waiting, we ready to do tithes and offering, I'm waiting on you to bring your tithes. Wait, waiting you to bring your offering. Well, well, now, now what we're going to do. Because it's on us now. But notice what Gideon did. Verse 19. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, unleavened bread, from an eat of flour, the meat he put in the basket, and he put on the broth in a pot, and brought them out to him under the terrible tree, and presented them. Notice that Gideon just didn't throw something together. He prepared it. He put it in order. He produced it. He got a young goat. Unleavened bread, this is Judges 6 and 19. He got unleavened bread from an eatful flour. The meat he put in a basket, put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out and put it on the tarp tree and presented them. Notice, he didn't throw it to them, he presented He presented it to them. Notice how he did that. He presented it. You know how somebody just throw their, their tithes and offering to God? maybe not in the natural but in the spiritual oh i just give god what's left over i just give god what's left over i just give god what is left over i just give whatever i want him to have instead of saying god i present this to you i'm preparing this listen i'm i'm looking at notice what uh let me tell you let me give you this real real quickly i look at what god gave me then i say before i look at the bills, before i look at anything else I say, okay, this is tithes, God, now how much will we give an offering? And I give that much an offering, then I look at the rest of it. God, I saying, God, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways, and you're going to direct my path. I'm putting you first, God. I'm not going to sit there and look at my, look at my tithes, no, look at my bills, and tell about I'm going to figure out how much you're going to get, and how much you're going to get here, and how much you're going to get there. Now, I'm presenting my money to you first, God. I'm presenting my money to you first, God. I'm going to present it to you. I'm going to present it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to f- listen. figure out how much you want me to give, what you're leading me to give, and then whatever left over, then we can talk about bills because he has to be first. That mindset has helped me over the years because I've been in a situation where I'm like, well, because bills are talk to you. I'm sorry, I might be in the wrong church. I might be in the wrong church, y'all. But beers will talk to you. Your gas tank will talk to you. Your stomach will talk to you. Someone could be talking to some right now. Oh, dog, get out in there. Whoo, Lord, I'm going to swing by that drive through today, boy. I ain't going to prepare nothing today. I'm going by the drive through, and they're going to be through at my time. Listen, listen, They drop the french fries beside you. Before you get out the park, I mean, get in and get get the foot off the brake. You got the fries in your mouth. I ain't got got no people just real with me and him. I, I I pray for the rest of us. Pray for the rest of us. Pray for the rest of us. But see, I am presenting my gift to God. I'm presenting Presenting my gift to God. He prepared it. He prepared it. He didn't throw getting in anything. He didn't throw getting in anything. This thing we're talking about, he built his confidence in God. He built his confidence in God. Judges 6 and 20, the angel God said to him, Hey, take, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. So he followed his instructions. Listen, don't think that these instructions were something minute. Following God's instructions means everything. And it really you need to learn how to follow, and me too, on small stuff. Too many of us trying to to obey, obey God on the big things and missing all the little small things that God tells us to do. And and those, you might consider what the, uh, the Lord told him to do is small, but in my mind, this is big for Gideon. This is big for Gideon. How do you know, Pastor Dallas? Remember, Gideon came from a situation. He barely could get food. He barely could get food. Now he's taking the food that their family was struggling to get. Remember, he was hired in making food in the beginning of the chapter. And now he's taking the food. You know, food was uh, scarce because the uh, Midianites were coming in and getting it. Every time they would make an uh, uh, oxen or cattle, they'd come and get it. Grow something, they'd come and get it. So you know food was scarce. He's taking this very thing that in my mind is precious. And he's presenting it. He, he, he just, he's making it just the way that God wants him to make it. Not only that, he's presenting it to him just the way God wanted him to present it. He's not throwing stuff together. He just, listen, sometimes we think that these things are small, but in the eyes of God, this was big. Why you know, Pastor Why why you think God chose Gideon? He called a mighty man of valor. He said, I'm going to be with you, Gideon. We're going to defeat the Midianites as one man. But you got to learn how to obey me on the small things. Because the small things will show you if you're faithful over that which is least, God will bless you in that which is much. You got to learn how to be faithful over the small. So he's building his confidence. He set him up. Oh, gosh. He set him up. He told Gideon what to do. But I, I love Gideon's mindset, his approach. Hey, I will do it just the way God wants it done. He followed his specific instructions, and, he, and, and the confidence was growing. It was building. You know, one thing I see about this, Gideon was building his confidence in God. You know what he was doing? Simply spending time with God. I know it ain't real deep. Now, I know it ain't real deep. But you didn't know. Huh, now this simply spending time with God. I thought about this. When you're preparing something like this, it takes time to prepare. It takes time to prepare. For those of you who know how to really cook, it takes time to really cook, don't it? I got about three or two amens right here. It takes time to cook. Well, Pastor, I don't know, but that microwave, two minutes, I'm done. There wasn't no microwave back then in this day, y'all. Wasn't no drive through he hey, give me a minute. I'm going to run through the drive. I'm going to go up to, up to up Publix and Kroger and go to, get the deli and bring it right back. I'm just five minutes away. Now this wasn't none of that. He had to prepare that food. He had to prepare. And when he prepared it, he presented it. He presented it. And then the Lord told him, hey, I need you to do this right here. And he did it. And I love verse 21. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Woo-wee! Notice this. He prepared it. Pretend like this is the rock right here. Let's say they put on the rock. The angel got his stick and touched it. Fire came up. Where did fire come from? God is consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. Man, can you imagine you going through something? You see a sign like this? A a rock. See, some of y'all look, well, man, oh, that's normal every day. Okay, all right, yeah. But for the rest of us, he knows. He just said, you wanted a sign, did you get it? You want to know I chose you and that I'm with you. And uh, I'm going to grab some. I don't know what I'm grabbing, so just give me just a moment here. Yeah, I got something right here. He took his staff, touched it, and consumed it just like that. Just like that. You want a sign, Gideon? I'm mean, going to give you want a sign, see? I'm going to give you a sign. You want to see a miracle? I'm going to show you a miracle. And this is what you need to know. Your miracle may be different from your person next to you miracle. Your sign may be different than the person sitting next to you sign. But always know God will give you a sign. He's been giving us sign for over 27 years, y'all. 27 years he's been giving us signs that he's with us. He kept us through the pandemic. He kept he put us in the building down here, and he Lord, he's still blessing us, y'all. Woo! Listen, gave us these chairs, redone the whole sanctuary, painted the whole sanctuary. And some of y'all say, well, what was that what what, what 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 the money you gave? Pastor? What money you gave? What the money everybody gave?" God gave it, and paid for it. Paid for it. Band paid for it. Hallelujah. One thirty-two paid for Soon this gonna be paid for. I'm not calling those things as not as though they were. Not only that, your house gonna be paid for, your car's gonna be paid for, your life gonna change it for the better. Oh, don't think God I'm gonna just do it. This is a Christ-minded church. This ain't a Christ-minded one-person pastor, senior minister, leader, and so forth. This is a Christ-minded church. I see a Christ minded church can expect stuff like that. They can expect stuff like that. Because, what? It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. Think about that fire, a consuming fire. You can consume it. God knows how to consume stuff, don't it? Hallelujah. He knows how to consume. Now, the Holy Ghost knows how to purify stuff. Holy Ghost, known as a fire, it will purify. He did all of that. And then God will give you courage and connection. He will build your courage up. Wow, he will build your courage. Can you imagine when he saw that? That his courage was built up? Verse 22. Now Gideon perceived. Oh, he'll learn something here. He, he, he has discerned something here. That... He was an angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. This ain't no ordinary person up here talking to me. And notice, he had seen the angel face to face. How do you know he he was an angel? Because this is what you need to understand. He saw him face to face, but at first he didn't look like an angel. He knew he was an angel by the sign that he saw He knew he was an angel because he touched the sacrifice and and consumed it just like that. I imagine it was just, it wouldn't even know know how God is. He just, good God. nobody. You know, God is a miracle worker, y'all. He can do something just like that. He can pay your debt off. He can heal your body just like. He can deliver you just like. He can bring you out just like. God is not, not concerned about your problem. He's going to see you're going to stay in faith until he do it. You need to catch that. That's for somebody in the sanctuary. He need to know if he's going to stay in faith until he do it. And tell your neighbor, I'm going to stay in faith till he do it. <clears throat> I'm going to stay in faith till you do it, till you bring me out. I'm going to stay in faith till I see the means in my account. I'm going to stay in faith, amen, till I see my heart's desire. I'm going to stay in faith till my body heals. I'm going to stay in faith till I see God do exceedingly abundantly above anything I ask for faith. I'm going to stay in faith. We do that by being Christ-minded. His confidence was built up. He just saw what he just saw. He couldn't unsee it after he saw it now. One thing about God, when you, God starts showing yourself, you can't unsee it after you see it. Because once you see it, oh, oh, I saw it now. I can't even go back to him. I didn't see it no more. God done did a miracle. I can't go. Oh, I saw it now. When you know it's a miracle, when God shows you a sign, when you see it for yourself, it's hard to deny that God's not doing what he said he's going to do in your life. But God, I don't, I don't know if God can do it. And then he do it. You can't unsee it now. You can't go back to him with, I don't know if he's going to do it. He already did it. And now, what you going to do with it? What you going to do with it? Because why? We ask for a sign and God is showing us a sign. He, now, he goes on here, get in, proceed, proceed. that he was an angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, alas, O Lord, for God, I have seen the angels of the Lord face to face. I have recognized that this is an angel. And I've seen him face to face. I saw his face, He seen my face. Oh, God. And then in, bur- in 23, because he said, I've seen this angel. I've seen the angel. In verse, Judges 6, 23, then the angel said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. You shall not die. I love what the Lord said to him, peace be with and when you see the signs of God, when you see God do what he's doing in your life, that should bring us peace. That should bring us peace. You prayed about something. You didn't tell nobody about it. I mean, you didn't tell nobody about your prayer. And here you are seeing what God's done. You ought to have peace. You ought to have Peace. Lord, you ought to be in a situation I prayed and I know God I didn't tell nobody and here it is that very thing I prayed for I didn't tell nobody how in the world did, did he know that this, how did she know this, that, no, that was just God giving you a sign let you know your prayers are being answered and this is what you need to know if that prayer is being answered what about the rest of your prayers oh if you see that sign right there what about the rest of the things you've been believing God for what about the deliverance you believe in God for what about the miracles you believe in God for what is it that you're believing God for he's already showed you a sign that he did it before and the same God that did it before can do it again oh how many know that same God did it before can do it again how many know if God brought you out once before, he can bring you out again? How many know if God delivered you, he can deliver you again? How many know if God paid that bill, he can pay this bill? He can do it again. Because why? God don't run out. I love the example Bishop gave the other week. I'm just going to kind of, remember he said you open up the windows of heaven and pour you out of blessings room enough to receive. Listen, when God started pouring, he ain't got to do this right now. Y'all don't know nobody right here. God ain't gotta do all that kind of stuff. God just start pouring. And God just start pouring. And God just start pouring. And and it pour, and listen, it'd be so much you'd be like, woo! woo. You'd be woo, woo! Thank you, Lord. God know how to pour it out. God know how to pour it out. And when He start pouring out, don't try to stop Him neither. Don't try to stop him. Let me tell you something, one thing I learned. Don't try to stop him. Oh, no, I got enough. No, don't never tell God you got enough. Then let him keep on pouring, y'all. they let him keep on pouring. they let him keep on pouring. If you pouring out anointing, let him keep on pouring. If he keeps keep pouring out love, just let him keep on pouring. If he keep pouring out faith, just' let him keep on pouring. Don't keep on pouring, God. And show me the sign <laughs> that you with me. He'll, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So three things we looked at that when you have a sign in your life. Three things we saw. It encourages constant communication with God. It builds confidence in God. It allows us to have courage and connection with God. All this we see in the life of Gideon. Again, it encourages constant communication with God. It builds confidence in God. It allows us to have courage and connection. Because that last part of of Judges 6 and 23, he says, do not fear. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. When God shows you that sign, that's that day. He's with you. And this is what you see about Gideon. Gideon had nothing that looked like he was going to deliver the nights around him. Unless y'all see something I didn't see in in the text. Nothing. But God, he had one thing that a lot of people didn't have. He had a sign from God that God was with him.
1: And to me, that is enough. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give text GIVE to the number seven seven zero six nine two 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 five. 692 2225 that's 770 692 Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.